we're not live. We're not live. We're not live. <laughs> we're, we're, not live. We're, not we're, not, live. we're not Joe Rogan. We can't. We can't do live. All right, everybody. Welcome to a brand new podcast. Uh, we've got myself, Travis Haig. We have Taylor Krenzel and Jeremy Schmidt all at the roundtable. We're going to do something new. We don't even have a name for this podcast yet. So this is this is really exciting. I think that we should let other people name this for us. Like yeah, that, I, I maybe that's right. our strategy. Because we've gone a couple of weeks and we're like, hey, if you think of a name, let's put all the names in a hat and guess how many names we've come up with. Yeah, let's just put them on the spot right now. <laughs> you guys start sending in your names. Yeah, you know, maybe we should do this live and then we can have one of those little those little live feeds, live chats. <laughs> and then people will be, be like, hey, give us some names in the live chats and we'll just pick one at random. <laughs> yeah, or we could change our name every time. Hey, I like that idea. <laughs> Where they just first one that puts in a name i wonder if uh how, how long it takes itunes to update a name if we could just change our name every single week <laughs> oh, man. dude that would actually be kind of cool that, yeah. and then we could make a uh, we can make like a, a, a riddle or a puzzle game where we give people clues to try to find the podcast yeah you know we do the opposite of marketing where it makes it easy for people to find our show we make it difficult for our team for yeah. everyone to find the it's show. reverse marketing right there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this podcast is going to be about a variety of things um what we all have in common is uh we all have extensive experience in our professional careers uh both in entrepreneurship and in just professional corporate small business uh we are all very passionate about adventure and outdoors extreme sports putting ourselves in very dangerous situations and we are all coaches as well so uh, I think that that's what the main focus of most of our most of our conversations are going to be about is just kind of this mixture of those three things and how they how they all integrate together and and just kind of our, our stories and struggles and our victories and things that, you know, people might be able to uh, might be able to. What's the word resonate with that they might think they're alone about, but everybody has the exact same problems. Man, yeah, that's what's up. I think that you guys, you guys have been on some crazy adventures in the last few years. Um, we've kind of just reconnected, like knew about each other in high school and stuff, but we reconnected recently. And I still don't know all your guys' stories, so I'm getting excited for this podcast. I'm excited for for hearing about these stories for the first time. So <laughs> should, should be a good one. Oh should man, be a good one. Yeah, we've we've got some fun stories where Jeremy and I have almost died <laughs> oh man <laughs> we call so jeremy's nickname in the backcountry is the wildcat because he, he literally has nine lives jeremy how many lives are you down to at this point i think you're down to like maybe three <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah if there were if there were only nine i'm definitely down i'm down there's a ways oh man <laughs> i think i think that the last run-in was when you almost got smushed by a two-ton rock uh, on schofield pass on a dirt bike Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, we got to hear about this one. <laughs> you know, we uh, we 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 heard about this pass and about this just gnarly road, uh, and and people people go up there to the to the marble, um, like the crystal mill, uh, to take photos, right? Yep. And and it, a lot of people walk it because they're like, there's steep drop offs, there, you know, there's cliffs, <laughs> there's rocks everywhere. It's it's a gnarly road. Yeah, it's it's one of the like premier four by four four by four like hardcore jeepers like okay. when they want to go show their stuff like they go do school so he pass, said people know. walk it mainly but you yeah. decided to take a, yeah. a, a dirt bike yeah you know it's it was a couple it was a, it was a little bit between since you know travis and i had um dirt biked and i don't think josh had dirt bike like anytime like know. remotely yeah. soon yeah. so we, we got ourselves some dirt bikes and we're like let's <laughs> let's do this let's <laughs> go charge let's let's go charge this ridiculous uh pass on a dirt bike with like zero experience up in the mountains. Oh my gosh. So, uh, you know, we, we got all this stuff. Uh, we headed up there. We did like a full day. We like, we jumped into the punch bowl falls. Uh, you know, it's like this like tiered, like waterfall. Okay. And there's like about, I don't know, it's like 60 feet to this one bowl that just yeah. like collects water. And then there's another waterfall above that. Ice water, by yeah, the way. Ice water. <laughs> Mountain not, runoff. Are we yeah. talking Colorado? Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay, Colorado. Colorado. The yeah. first one you can jump in and it like waterfalls into the next one. And if you get sucked into the next one, it'll it'll kill you. Oh, so it's like you you jump in and you have to swim like crazy to get up to the <laughs> rocks to get out. Otherwise, you'll get stuck to your death. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, so we did that and uh, we spent the night out there out on the pass, just threw up some tents, you know, started a fire and 
just had a good time. The next day we were like, let's get rid of these big old packs because we were we were packed for like a whole weekend. Like yeah, so not days. not only were we dirt biking on this crazy terrain in the mountains, we were also carrying like sixty pound packs on our back, and it just throws you around like your your center of balance on the bikes. Is, I can't is imagine. Yeah, so it was a whirlwind whirlwind uh, weekend, and so like the last day. We were like, let's go back into marble, let's ditch our packs, and then let's go back out again. And uh, that's what we did. And so we were free, and so we were just hauling. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you free yourself up, and then you have some confidence. And yep. you're just like, man, I'm going to do wheelies and, and just crazy stuff. And, you know, Josh was doing wheelies. And, and uh, we're going back up and get into some technical terrain where some rocks, and I'm just hauling in front of Travis and, and Josh and uh leading the charge and i like get off too close to the left side where these boulders are at and i hit a couple boulders and it starts a rock (laughs) (laughs) and jeremy thinks it's a couple of rocks so i'm seeing this unfold jeremy's not seeing it oh you're seeing the whole thing i'm seeing this unfold and uh all of a sudden, I'm like, Jeremy, Jeremy, like it's a couple of rocks. He's like, it's a couple of rocks. And then you see just this this rock the size of a bus oh, going my. towards Jeremy. And everyone, there's like a couple of guys in Jeeps before it. They're all like, ah! <laughs> I think that I'm going to watch my best friend get smashed to pieces in oh. front of me. I'm like, no. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy, like, does this little move where he does, like, I don't know. Did you I do laid, like a little front flip or a yeah, roll or something? Well, I, what I did was I saw the rocks coming down and I laid the bike over on its side. And it hit this other little rock and with my back tire and it spun me like lateral with the road. Oh. And then I got swallowed up by the rocks and the rock that hit my front forks. I mean, it was, you know, I don't know, maybe a two foot by two foot rock. It smashed my front forks in, uh, but it stopped like this bigger boulder about the size of an F-150. Oh my <laughs> And it stopped it. Cause if that one would have rolled on top of me, I would have been, you know, yeah. gone, gonzo. You know, Travis and Josh are throwing rocks over the road, and I get up out of this out of this rock pile, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, man!" <laughs> that is. We all hug up. We all hug up on the on the road, and then we start digging out this motorcycle. Yeah. And I, this these photos are ridiculous because you just see this you know this Honda <laughs> CRF just smashed to smithereens. You know, it it uh it cracked like the crankcase. You know, oil was everywhere. Um, it cracked the frame. It smashed the front forks. I mean, it was it was totaled. Like the insurance agent was like, "Can I? Can we take this photo because we want to show people why <laughs> that, that's going to be on a State insurance. Farm commercial or yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. yeah. we have no, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, we want to be able to like use this photo to show people why it's a smart idea to buy insurance. And yeah, the insurance covered everything, you know. Uh, it, but it was a crazy deal you know dislocated my right shoulder i was like yeah i didn't think it was because i was still moving it around but the doctor was like yeah look at all these tendons in here they're all so <laughs> he's like he definitely dislocated this and then we uh we uh we pulled the front forks off the bike this other jeep that had gotten there like obviously the road was closed because of boulders and they were like yeah we can give you back we can give you a ride back so we threw the 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 back half of the motorcycle onto a jeep and they jeeped us back to marble and it shut it down and so that there's a there's a um a a a barbecue place called slow grooving and we were like the (laughs) most popular people because it cut it shut down the road and so everybody couldn't go up the road they were like we shut it down from the entrance and people were like no way so what are we gonna do now eat at slow grooving oh there you go (laughs) so we eat at the uh at we we ate at this uh barbecue place called slow grooving and and just had a high time people were just like my goodness let's play for your meal jeremy was a local celebrity (laughs) what was really cool about it is you would think that a lot of people would just be super angry that we closed off the entire pass because it's like in that time of the year too like that's where that's where people go to test their metal on the off-roads yep so uh, they came back down and everybody was just super supportive. And they're like, is he all right? He's like, oh man, we're going to pay for your food. Man, and oh yeah, you we got were the treatment. Celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh man, I think you deserve that that nickname of yours, Wildcat. Wildcat. Man, yeah, we actually, uh, we actually do have a, a vlog from the This Is Average channel. So we'll, we'll put a link to it. Uh, you can watch it. What's ridiculous is the first thing that Jeremy told me, it's like, was the GoPro on? And I was recording <laughs> everything for the last day. So this today I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait until we get up to Schofield Pass before I record so I can save battery and SD card. 
I didn't have it running. No. And Jeremy's like, are you kidding me? Oh. <laughs> I almost died and the GoPro's not on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's your uh, hit right there. Yeah, that's right. your video. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the, the vlog is still, it's, it's still pretty cool. It okay. kind of uh, goes through the whole story from, from Denver to Jeremy almost dying and then getting this stupid motorcycle pulled out of the side of the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with GoPros. Oh, yeah, I bet. Like, man, I, I capture some cool stuff, but at the same time, the people are like, hey, Jerry, the GoPro's running. Do something cool. And then you just huck yourself off of something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're like, I got to do something cool. So it's like, takes me out of my comfort zone a little bit. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Like this, you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, the the thing that comes back to myself is just blessed, right? Because you know God's always watching you. you know yeah, I mean? for sure. And and I keep getting into these crazy situations, you know. And sometimes foolishly, sometimes because like, uh huh, I just want to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? You know? But you know, God's just hand of protection was there, you know, and it keeps yeah, coming sure. back, you know. And I think it's just how you live your life, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Like just, just looking back at my life too, like all these different scenarios I've gotten myself into, and I'm like man, there must be a, a purpose or something or, or a reason I'm alive because I, I shouldn't be here or I shouldn't be like walking the way I, I am or mm-hmm. being able to run or anything. So I think we, we probably all can relate to that, that there's probably, there's a plan for everyone, but it gives you hope too. It, you know, it, it does. It's like, man, we're, we're, we're here for a purpose. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's always a lesson to to learn from things too. I know the uh, the rock slide lesson. I mean, we ditched our packs and we started riding like hooligans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh the the lesson was kind of a lesson of not falling trapped to complacency where you start getting comfortable. And it's a yep. difference between like progression and just uh, being a little bit little bit overconfident and driving faster. And you're like, oh yeah, you know, we are still in really dangerous terrain. It's like, yeah. can I do this technically? Yes. It's like. Do I increase my risk of uh, an incident occurring? Also, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that kind of that translates into um, our coaching world as well. I mean, we just came back yesterday from a, a 9-0 victory in, in Williston, North Dakota. Man. And uh, that's, yeah, it was, it, it's it, was so cool. it was pretty crazy. But like that same kind of lesson translates back because we were blessed to have a, uh, a team that's willing to put in a lot of work and they listen and uh, they're very coachable and we've been incredibly successful this season. But at the same time, there's also lessons that you learn from victory and lessons that you learn from defeat. Yep. And we unfortunate we fortunately and unfortunately have not been able to learn any lessons from defeat because we're undefeated this season. Oh, that's <laughs> I love so it. I love so, it. Yeah. So like in practice, we have to take another mentality, and it's like, okay, how can we ensure that our players don't become complacent and they still have that intensity? Right. Yeah. One one big thing we do is. As soon as they score a goal, and we're coming back to the half line, because uh, we're we're, yeah, we're obviously coaching soccer, so after a goal, you come back to the half line, and the first thing I say is because we're black, we, we we only have one jersey, right? Yep. So it's all yep. black. Yep. And so I'm <laughs> screaming, "Hey, black! Yeah, don't lose your mind. Every exactly. Time, right? Every Cause time. Because because really, it comes right down to that. You start feeling good, you feel confident, and then all of a sudden, you don't do your responsibilities. Yep. So we we immediately, and it sounds bad, but I think they all know the purpose of it is yep. that you bring them, they, they're so high at that, that, in that moment yep. and you bring them back down and be like, okay, we still have a job to do. We still have to be safe mm-hmm. about things. We got to do, you know, our responsibilities and it really translates over. Yeah, exactly. And like I've had coaches over the years and, and I kind of adapt or adopted this into my own coaching is that, uh, keep the game in your mind as, as zero to zero. Cause yeah. you, you want to yeah. always play it as, as a tie game. So you can keep that, keep that mentality that intensity that you want from the start of the game all the way through the finish and if you let up just a little bit it can it can give a team the chance to creep back into that game and yeah yeah so. you see that a lot even in professional sports i mean it's not yeah. just yeah. not just high school athletes yeah you know uh it's it sounds super funny cuz i i've dealt with some like brain injuries right okay. and so my mom is that same person even when we're in the back country where she's like trying to remind <laughs> us to like hey don't lose your mind. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. I mean, uh, like, we'll, we'll be up on top of a mountain, and, you know, a couple of times my mom's like, she'll say, oh, 
turn on my phone and yep. I'll have gotten a text because if you get up high enough, like you can get you get yeah. smell. There's, there's yeah. no obstruction, yeah, so you have no, no service. You're like 30 miles in the back country, and yep. then all of a sudden you're like, I'm on top of a 14,000 foot mountain. Oh, look, Verizon. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'll get a text from her that says, Jared, are you wearing your helmet? <laughs> okay, yeah. So she's like, because she's always pushing, Jared, you get your helmet. And on. she knows you don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jared, you wearing your helmet? <laughs> Mom says it then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's and there's sometimes where like I just don't like we we crossed on this there's a mountain in colorado called uh capitol peak and there's like a stretch about like 100 yards long or whatever and it's called the knife's edge and there's a picture of me like standing on the knife's edge like just balancing there like and without a helmet on and no ropes yeah no ropes. (laughs) my mom like gets like super upset and she's like well obviously like fear factor because of the like the the injuries it's it's really low for me like i don't get afraid very often yeah and um uh but she's like jerry why weren't you wearing a helmet and i'm like <laughs> honestly the helmet's not gonna do much you know yeah I mean? when you're up that high yeah. if yeah. like if, if you fall is it 2500 feet on the left side yeah it's if something you, ridiculous if you fall but it's point. not gonna catch much you know it's not gonna do anything yeah i think your your head's like going through your spine and out your butt before yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's game over after that you're point done. Yeah, done. Yeah. Yeah. oh man i think it was 2017 I think there were like nine people that died. Yeah, out it's, that same little spot. But wow, it's a dangerous! It, it's dangerous a dangerous place. little spot. But uh, you just risk mitigate, right? And, yeah. and and I think Travis and I have always complimented each other on that because okay. Travis brings me back down because mm-hmm. I'm like, let's do this. Yep. Travis is like, ah, dude, you know, we I think we got to take this other little ways. But I also at the same turn stretch him. You know, yep, right? right. So yeah. he's like, because at at the same time, like he stretches me. To, to like to do different things and I, I think that's why we've been so su- successful and also done all the crazy yeah. stuff yeah because i probably wouldn't have done it by myself right <laughs> it and it's usually yeah it's like it's almost exactly like it is with soccer too it's like jeremy um his expertise is in the technical and then my expertise yep. is in is the more physical the conditioning side and stuff like yeah. that yeah that's so it works good... out. It works out really well. Like mountaineering, like I don't, I don't rock climb. Like all of my rock climbing experiences from Jeremy. Same with mountaineering. Yep. Everything in the backcountry, and then it's like we have this crazy idea. Like let's go like twenty four <laughs> miles out there, death march. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's so cool though. I love hearing those stories. It just it it shows you what you're capable of doing it when you can kind of fight the battle of the mind. Right. Because a lot of people won't even won't even step foot out out of their comfort zone and. You guys have stepped 24 miles out of your comfort zone, so right. I like that. It's 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 inspiring for sure. And that's what's cool with uh with coaching as well is like like you just mentioned, when you step out of your comfort zone, like that's where all these awesome things happen. And yep. the same is true for an athlete's progression. If they're not uncomfortable in practice or they're not pushing themselves to that point where they're you know in when they're in pain, um, that's when they grow. That's when they become yep. stronger. That's when they become faster. So it's our job as coaches to know where each individual athlete's line is and then just kind of push them a little bit beyond that line and then bring them back to recover and then push them beyond that line and bring them back to recover. It's really difficult. There's, you know, there's things that you can do to figure out how athletes are, um, how athletes are motivated. Some are intrinsically motivated. Some are extrinsically motivated. I would say a far majority of people are extrinsically motivated. They're very good at finding a goal and saying, that's what motivates me. That's why I'm going to get better. So you remind them of that goal. And then there's the, uh, the hardcore few that by the will of their mind alone, they can motivate themselves. And those guys, like those guys, once you unlock that and you see that, that switch flip, it's nuts. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Tell me about it. I I live with a a woman, my, my wife who who's (laughs) like that, where the switch flips and it's the mind that, that is, is just driving her forward. And and I, I'm very goal orientated and that's what I need to like, to like, um, just get me out of that comfort zone and push myself. But she just does it. Like, it's just, it's, it's like her way of feeling high. I guess it's not a high, but it's kind of like a high, Yeah, I guess you could say uh, flow, flow yeah, state, just that flow state where yeah. you just, it's just what you, you kind of long for. So it's fun to watch, but I'm definitely the guy that like, I, I have goals that I set for myself because like I'm not going to wake up in the morning at the same time every day unless I have a, a goal that I'm ready to go achieve and everything, right. but it's cool. Yeah. And you see that a lot with, uh, endurance athletes. Cause your, your wife is a cross country coach and yep. she is a cross country yep. athlete too. Yep. You see it a lot because you spend a lot of time, like when you're 
out running for hours at a time. You spend a lot of time in your head and it's like, it's hard to remind yourself of the end goal for the entire duration of, yeah. of a training like that. So it's like you, you become stronger with the mental aspect of sports. A lot of endurance athletes, they, they develop that skill set. Oh, quickly. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Obviously the mental battle inside everybody like hinders so many people you know I, I remember seeing this this quote one time about and it said like we have some freak athletes that we work at kinkos and the only right. reason why they're there is because they've just settled yeah you know right that's, which sounds that's so crazy true. you know uh our middle school we we we, pla- we practice with both high school and middle school at okay. once and some parents were immediately like against it they were like this just isn't fair. This is it. You know what you've got. You know, like they, we're we're concerned that they're not they're not going to have enough playing time, or you know that they're going to get injured. And immediately, I was like, when when I was in junior high, I started playing against college kids. I really think that's what helped me the <laughs> yeah, best because it developed sure. me, right? I know some parents were like, oh, you know, the kids kid used to be a rock star, but playing against high school kids, he's just not finding success. And and that's where you're like, I need to overcome in my mind that I can find success. Yeah, we played. Uh, we played Jamestown's varsity team. Yep, and we won. And we played seven middle schoolers on that team. Oh my! Right, that's so cool. As as soon as you as soon as you can help that kid get into a system where other people are doing their responsibilities, and it finally clicks in that little kid's head, like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yep. All of a sudden, he finds success, and you and you show it to him. I, I think this happens in a lot of other schools where they don't really develop individual people. They're just like, there's mm-hmm. so many people, so they yeah. get lost. But yeah. if you take that time, like we've been doing, to like really develop even middle schoolers to be like, yeah. I know that they're huge. Yep. Like, these kids are tall. You know, they're seniors. <laughs> yeah. I know you a lot got of a little parents, four foot yeah, you kid get over four, in middle school. Yeah. We, there's a kid in seventh grade, and he literally is like three foot nothing. Oh, uh, wow. You know, and I, I, I'm just going to. Uh, you know, change his name up here, but Sammy, right? Okay. We'll just yeah. say Sammy. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, kid's tiny, <laughs> and he scored a goal yesterday against high schoolers. Oh, right. You set him up in a position to succeed, and he, as soon as that little thing in his head says, like, "Hey, I can actually do this," and I've found success. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's scoring goals. You know? Yeah. It's awesome. Because it clicked over in his mind. Yeah. Now the middle schoolers as a team because they play separately the high schoolers and the middle schoolers they haven't won a game yet the middle schoolers haven't and i think it's really just a mental battle they're like these kids are tall we don't know how to win but it's, if you plug them into that certain situation and they have a little bit of confidence they do great all, yeah, yeah they do great yeah. and it's nuts that's all they need yeah that's all they need and it's it really is just a mental battle but as soon as it flips that little switch like travis was saying as soon as it switches you can find success and you can find like a victory within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It goes everywhere, even in the workplace. You know, I remember there were a couple of times, like when I was in Aspen, where I was like, "I'm just out of my league." Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like these these guys are you know like they're just deep pockets. You know, and I I come from a farming background. You know, I'm a redneck from North Dakota. <laughs> you know, and these these guys are like shelling out millions. And I was like immediately, I was like, "Oh man, I'm I'm a little bit nervous." But then all of a sudden, like you, you gain a little bit of confidence, and then you walk around like, "Hey, I, I, I know what I'm here to do, and I'm gonna do it." And then all of a sudden, in the workplace, you're rocking and rolling, you know, because it, it really is just a mental battle. Where until you find that success or somebody can encourage you, yep, like you, you're just stuck. Mm-hmm. But once you beat that mental battle in your head, you can find success, and it really always is mental. Yeah, it, it really is. Like, I mean, I mean, sports life in general it's like the battle is 90 percent mental it feels like like you can be as physically built as possible but if you can't get over that mental barrier you're going to be stuck for a while right but and and that's the same thing i try to apply to to my coaching we my wife and i coach in a, a school uh 20 miles south of dickinson north dakota new england oh yeah i don't think we said what you guys coach or what oh, you coach oh yeah I, okay i, I can I can kind of do this. We coach a lot of different sports. So <laughs> I, I coach little league baseball right now and uh, we're working to build towards a high school um, baseball team, but we got to start from the ground up. Um, I also coach high school track. I've never ran track in my life, but they threw me on to do more of the strength and conditioning mm-hmm. of the track team. And then my wife handles, she's the head track coach and she handles like the distance runners and pretty much oversees everything. 
and she's great. She runs with the kids every day and does all that stuff. So it's, it's been fun to watch them kind of adapt to like her type of coaching and they have to push themselves now because they can't go run down and hide in the bushes anymore because she's right there with them and right. stuff, you know, because <laughs> I've heard stories about kids in Dickinson in cross country. They'll go down to dairy dairy barn once a week and, and and hide in there grab ice cream and then run back to the school and stuff oh man i, I know how that is <laughs> if dickinson coaches if you're listening you can go check dairy barn <laughs> but yeah and then i coach uh little kids football as well fourth through sixth um grade and that's been kind of fun because new england is a football town so i'm kind of dealing with parents that had a lot of success in the 80s and 90s and so now they're also uh getting to see their kids start to build that success. And we have a really good team this year, so it's been fun. Awesome. It's been fun to see the the athletes that we, we put out, and um, we're just trying to teach them the basics. But, yeah, it's going to be – there's hope for the future down there, and it's it's been fun. We're kind of trying to change a culture. That's one of my favorite words is culture because mm-hmm. when you come into a new situation, there's been a culture already created there, but sometimes the culture needs a little bit of new blood in order to – to refresh people and and track is one of those sports that we're really building towards because new england used to be a track town they had a lot of good athletes in the the 90s but now they've kind of taken a little time off from that success and now we're getting back to that success that they they've uh their parents achieved so it's it's exciting we're building towards it and that's kind of what what we've been up to but yeah it's all about teaching them to be mentally tough and getting out there with them and showing them how it's done Mm -hmm. also helps because they see that a coach that's willing to put in the work with them that that makes them understand that they can push themselves just as far so oh yeah that's the go-to when yeah. uh, when they're complaining about some kind of conditioning that i'm making them do that's designed to be difficult yeah they're like look it's too difficult coach it's too difficult <laughs> and then i'll get down and i'll do double what they're doing they're like oh that's fine awesome. <laughs> that's fine <awesome. laughs> yeah you show them how to do it once, and then they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because it really like it comes right back down to that same thing we were talking about earlier, where it's a mental battle. Where you can show that kid, like, even if you're tired, dude, like, you, your body is so extraordinary where it can just keep going. Yeah. You know? None of them believe me either. I know the, the first three days of practice were, were very difficult for them because – especially if you're not training over the summer in the off season, you get there, you do the first day and you're so sore, like so yeah. unbelievably sore. And you're probably throwing up or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had them doing benchmarks too. So they were, they were definitely working hard that first okay. day. But, um, I remember telling them from the first day, I said, it takes three days, three days. And then your body just clicks and says, fine, this is the new normal. I give up. And then it just flushes all the soreness away and you're good for the rest of the season. Second day rolls around, they're even more sore. And they're like, oh, I don't believe this. This is going to be like this all season. It's going to be awful. End of the third day, really sore, really sore. Fourth day of practice comes in, and every single one of them's like, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Coach Travis is right. I'm fine. <laughs> Coach was right. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah, that's – oh, man. Kids are so much fun to work with, though, because they they uh, make you kind of earn their, their respect a little bit just as much right. as we, right. we require of them. They kind of require of us, and – um, I've seen it. I've seen it happen, especially with my wife, Ashley. She tells kids that you got to stretch. You got to take care of your body. You got to take ice baths, to recover. Mm-hmm. They won't do it for the first season with her, or the first month with her. And all of a sudden they start doing it because nothing's changing. And, and then they do it and, and they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're right. I'm not so sore anymore. And uh, this is easier. She's like, well, <laughs> I've been telling you this whole time, but yeah. <laughs> so ki- kids are fun like that. They they require you to to prove it to them, and sometimes they're stubborn, but it it, it works out if they if they trust in their coaches. It, a lot of times, coaches do know what they're talking about. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's great because they progress so quickly too. So yeah. they they see results very rapidly, and uh, it builds that trust and rapport very quickly. Where you start making them do stuff that's going to make them faster, stronger, even just more mentally resilient. And yeah within you know a week or two they're they have a noticeable difference like okay i'm gonna start listening to coach yeah and you always have that handful of players that really steps to the plate and they break out of their shell and then they just become monsters on the field oh man i I love that too and and with them breaking out of that shell they become leaders too and and the leadership qualities is yeah so cool watching kids take on these leadership roles and i've noticed with a lot of kids that that are 
are your shy or your timid kids, but they're willing to work hard. Mm-hmm. They hit that point where they start to develop leadership skills slowly. And, and by their senior year, or even earlier, you can see them now they're taking charge of the workouts. And it, it's really cool seeing kids like branch out and then like develop those leadership skills. And I always say one of my biggest goals is, is to be a coach that creates more coaches underneath me, you know, like, right. And then when they go on out of college or whatever, I hope that they desire to coach maybe or something like that, right. or at least they can take it to their business or anything. And they have that leadership mentality and that's such a fun thing to watch as a kid develop from a shy, timid kid to this mm-hmm. leader on the field and off the field too. So, And like you said before about just the cultural aspect of it, when you build that culture, especially when we, Jeremy and I have set a bar of intensity at practice, yeah. that's, I, I'm going to say, unlike anything else in the Dickinson <laughs> programs, it's it's pretty high. Yep. And uh, at first they had the the kind of reservations about it where they're like, I don't know, like this is this is kind of crazy. And then they start seeing the results and everyone starts building to that same intensity. And now it's just the new norm. So what's really cool is as you develop those athletes that are, you know, especially the sophomores and, and freshmen, even the, yep. even some of the younger guys that are really good <laughs> next year, when all the new people get flushed into the system, they already have an idea in their mind of where that bar's at and they're used to operating at that intensity. So they do. Yep. And then there are no reservations from any of nope. the new members because they're like, this is just the way things are done. And especially the fact that we were undefeated. It's like, cause even oh, parents yeah. at first too, they're like, you know, it's like, is there always going to be this much running? Are they going to be this? <laughs> like, are they working too hard? They're just kids, you know? And it's like, you know, soccer is a physical sport. They're going to be running like eight, eight to 10 miles a game. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <That's- laughs> and they're like, I don't know. And then now that we're undefeated and they're not sore anymore, they're like, oh, okay, maybe they, uh, maybe yeah. they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were, when we were, we'd had this parent teacher meeting and I was like, your kids are going to be expected to do a 10 mile run. <laughs> were like, and they were all like what this is nuts. You know, like, nobody else there's no other sport here I don't even think and I, maybe the cross country kids but I don't think any of the track yeah, kids are like expected to kids. be able to yeah. run 10 miles at a time yep. right and so they're like oh my word yeah you know what I mean and a lot of kids for a lot and I think a lot of like even some of the hockey kids they're like whoa you know right <laughs> you yep. know, this seems way too unrealistic here coach you know? but then all of a sudden you got him into it and now kids run all day yeah. oh yeah that's and you so can cool. really tell you can really tell uh in some of our games oh, by man. the second half by yeah. the second half the other teams are just winded and they've oh, got yeah. this, just as many subs as we do and i'm just like you see there was a kid there was a kid in the in in our in our home game where he was on the it like uh, our fo- our soccer field is about 120 yards long okay? okay the kid was on the six yard box uh, on our end we shot it. We shot it on. A keeper got it. Immediate released it. Down hit hit the half line, and then it bounced. And the kid got from that six yard box to the other six yard box <laughs> and made a tackle, made a play. No way. And then turned around and started coming up the field. Uh, made a pass yep. down the wing, and we put another ball in. Oh, and it wow. was like another shot at goal, all within you know like sixty seconds of each. Maybe yeah. I would say maybe thirty seconds of each other. But the kid put in some work, mm-hmm. and, I, and I immediately looked at Travis and the rest of the team, and I said, "Now you see what <laughs> why we run. Yeah, why we did that. Right, right, man. Because the kid totally. I mean, that. I mean, that's other. You know, I don't think another sport that's out there. You know, even in the football or the basketball, that could say that that kid just did a, did two hundred yards. Right. In yeah. about thirty seconds. And yeah. you're, you're never you never have a standing recovery like yeah. in track. So it's like the kids hate it when I make them do this, but we do what's called a what's called lactic threshold training. Yep. So it's, uh, they'll do a very intense sprint effort and then they don't get any rest. Their rest is active rest. So they'll be running or jogging back to yep. where they came. So they'll do a 200 meter effort and they're just like, when you do 200 meters, like it's anaerobic. So when you're done, you're just like, you stop and then all at once it hurts. It's like, oh man, I can't breathe, <laughs> yep. I can't breathe. But if you force yourself to keep running after that, then it trains your body to flush that lactic acid out of your body so that you can recover on the run and uh that threshold is raised and then they're able to do a high intensity effort and then recover while running at like their you know 800 meter pace which is crazy yeah so if other people aren't doing that on the field and all of a sudden they do this crazy sprint effort and they burn past people and then they're jogging back and then the other guy's like i can't keep up with this and over the course of a game they just get they bonk they get gassed yeah that, that kid i was talking about 
He's a freshman. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> you got him for four years. That's so <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, I love seeing these young kids that buy into it because when they when they do buy into it wholeheartedly, man, their their body and, and their mind can overcome so many obstacles and right. Just and then seeing it out on the field actually translate because kids need that. Like and then when you're able to point it out, they understand why they're doing it because mm-hmm. everything you're doing is to translate to the game. Right. It's not just to. I mean, there's some things we do to to get mentally prepared, but a lot of it you want to you're going to see out on the field at some capacity. So everything we're doing has a purpose, and that's that's the cool thing when kids get to see it firsthand. Right. So yeah, you see it translated out onto the field, and then for the other things that you're talking about, it's to translate into their lives as leaders and just the character development aspects of it. We had uh, one of our team captains, um, and I was talking to some of the people who were at the game, and they're like, I was absolutely impressed by it was one of our captains and another member of our team who went with them they went and shook hands of every single spectator who came to watch the game said thank you for coming we really appreciate it we appreciate your support and it the impression that it made was unbelievable on the fans like this is the coolest thing like this this is a different type of different type of players oh yeah it's so cool seeing that and just the just the character that they they show um i'm reminded of of this kid that that shows similar character. He's a foreign exchange student we had last year from mm-hmm. from a little island. It was it was one of the Canary Islands off of Spain. Um, it's located closer to Africa, but it's it's part of Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he comes over, and, and he was this shy kid, kind of that he ran cross country for Ashley, and, and I kind of helped out um, in the fall last year. And so he came in, didn't really like running that much, didn't really he, he did he just kind of jogged the same pace all the time. And uh, even in his cross country races, he'd be giving thumbs up to us on, while he's running. <laughs> We're like, okay, that means he's not running hard enough. But you could tell cross country wasn't his sport, but he could run for days. It just wasn't fast. But once track came along, he uh, he found the four hundred and the eight hundred meter high dash. intensity. Yeah. yeah, and man, he was he was just out there to to win it all. And like he he loved the idea of especially the relays. So we had these four guys. Um, that that built this bond in a in a relay we had uh him pablo his name was pablo uh, from spain and then we had uh three other guys that were one was from mont north dakota and the other two were from new england well pablo and this other guy graduated and and had to leave but we came up with this term called let it burn because we were the wildfire and the tigers mixed together so i just thought wildfire let it burn so i got them all wristbands and everything and these guys built this this bond and and uh we haven't sent sent any relays to state in like i don't know how many years it's been a little while since we've sent some relays in the state and these guys were like on a mission to make it to state and and this um guy from spain he just he led the team like he turned into this leader that that was out like he would come in the mornings and do workouts and and get other guys on the relay team to do workouts with him and stuff and they were putting in extra work um, they were asking for workouts by the end of the year, you know, like that's the best, just, just having them <laughs> ask for workouts. Like you don't get a lot of kids like that where they want it. But anyways, we got to regionals and it was the worst regional weather. I've, I think anyone's ever seen. It was like 40 degrees and like, it, I think it snowed like two or three inches the next day. And this is in like mid May or early May or sometime around then. And, uh, these guys went out and they didn't care about the weather. Everyone else was complaining they actually most of the guys on the team they asked to re- drop their open races so they could focus just on the relays because they love the team aspect oh, that's awesome and so we we dropped their open races so especially just to not let them get injured so they could be there for the relays and everything and they qualified the four by eight and the four by four and took it to state and these guys were just just crazy i mean they the the amount of work they put in through the the year and they were guys that that one never ran track before um and then the other two guys, they were just, they, they weren't really like, they, they liked the intensity, but they started to love the intensity when that team aspect came right, in. And it was right. just, it's cool to see someone like that. And especially a foreign exchange student that came in, that was really shy and then turned into this leader. Mm-hmm. That was one of the coolest things ever. So we, we came up with let it burn. And I, I love that. It, it was cool. <laughs> it's cool so, how it only takes one person too. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It take, takes one person, then it just starts to this chain reaction of people breaking out of their shells and flipping that switch and it opens up a whole new gear yeah it you can you can get these kids to go to a whole new level just by one guy buying into it and and especially a guy that that rallies his teammates right right yeah yeah we uh we did a test 
on one of the middle school games. We, we were already we were already <laughs> losing four zero or something like that. I said in the second half I'm gonna put one one high school kid in, in with you guys, and I was like because they don't really do that, and uh, um, so we put in one high school kid, and uh, I said watch the difference that this one kid's going to make to all the kids on the bench, and they were all like hooping and hollering, but it only took one person to spark some creative chances, and I think in about and I only put him in there for about maybe ten minutes. And in about ten minutes, he had six. We had six different chances on goal, and it wasn't just him. Uh, he was like passing it, and then we get a couple crosses in, and it was like, "Look at this, boys!" It only takes one person to be like, "Hey, I'll step up to the plate and go after it," and bam! And like you, you saw the difference. And then this other little kid, you know, stepped up and was like, "Okay, I'll do it." And all of a sudden, the rest of the game, the whole half, we held him at four, and you're like, "No goals in the second half," and you're like, "See, boys, this is what I'm talking about." only takes one person to step up and be like i'm gonna have a little bit of confidence in myself <laughs> and and beat this and overcome the mind battle and we can at least do something yeah, yeah for they're sure. gonna be good too i mean they're so most of the games that they play are actually against uh jv teams okay so it's like the last game they played was against minot's jv team and they're you know they're, they're 12 years old are they actually like middle schoolers middle schoolers like 12 years old i i think 13 14 12 oh, man. around That's, that age that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I said man. that as a joke. They're like 12 years old. And they're like, oh, wait, they are. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are, are 12, 12 years, years old. old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's some of the things those, those kids can do is amazing at, at 12 years old, too. I mean, we saw we had a 12 year old girl in the 1600 and the 3200 meter run this year go to state, and she, she won regionals as a 12 year old. I mean, what? against high school kids that's crazy that's, that's, that's ridiculous crazy. yeah it's it so cool yeah i think we had two 12 year olds come along to state this year two 12 year old girls and they're it's so cool just watching them and they're they're yeah. it's oh, gonna man. be it's gonna be fun i mean you got five or six years left of that oh, it's 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 a blast seeing that we might so. have to take an hvac break oh yeah <laughs> i think so, I think so. <laughs> kicked on we're, we're talking about something Something, something related to coaching. <laughs> we just lost our game. We'll just, we'll just totally go like a one eighty around this and and go. Let's go, let's go for a different, different direction. How about? Yeah, we need, we need one, one more story at least. Something crazy. <laughs> one more story. Yeah, I think uh, so. I, I really do because, I mean, this, this is our first episode. We got to kind of get to know. Have, have we, our audience get to know us a little bit, you know. Should we give them the? You want to tell them the long, Long's Peak story, Jer? Long's where Peak. we uh, we oh, got yeah. stuck in a blizzard at twelve thousand feet on a ridgeline for yeah. sixteen hours. Yeah, well, I think it was that definitely has to happen. <laughs> than that, yeah. So uh, we were, you know, obviously the backcountry is kind of our deal, right? Yeah. Uh, I think for me personally, it is. There are so many people that love to sit on their couch and love to make up excuses and love to just be like, I like to be comfortable. For me, there are so many people out there, right? Yeah. Um, that I, I get to this point where I'm like bugged by it, <laughs> where there's too many people and I'm like, Ugh, I need to be out away from people. So to me, what are the few things that, what are the things that people don't do? So like probably go, climb a mountain. Yeah, climb a mountain. <laughs> climb a mountain in the winter yeah right yeah it is surprising at how few people are out there in the summer you, you go out to like you know uh like uh you know i'm just gonna say it uh, Grays and tories oh man it's like yeah. a constant line of ants going to it's the crazy top. in the winter uh zero <laughs> <laughs> there's zero people you'll be out there and, and it'll be lucky if you come across some people yeah and obviously like in the winter you you have some challenges so like like the first 14 or that i snowboarded was a uh, mount sneffels okay right? And if you if you approach it from the north side, it's like nine miles to the base, and then like another three miles to the top. Okay, oh, okay. So uh, the first time I did it, I was like, I hiked it, no snowshoes, being like, I can get there. No, yeah. I, like I about got idea. like four miles in. <laughs> I got four miles in. And was like, I gotta turn around. What well, were you waist deep in just, snow? Or yeah. Were, oh yeah. Okay. You know, just post holing and yeah. the whole way back. I'm surprised that it took you four miles. To yeah, make yeah, that. seriously. Yeah. No, that's like Jeremy gets he gets peak fever. Like he's like I'm he just keeps going. Like, I'll die before I stop. Yeah. <laughs> Second time I did it, I had some snowshoes and I, and I got up to the Blue Lakes and I was like, 
this is impossible. This is nuts, right? And uh, turned around, went back out. The next weekend, so this is like three weekends in a row. Yeah. Next weekend, I'm like, I'm doing this. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I kind of did some like research. And they're like, you got to go up through, you know, you got to go up behind your ray and then go um, um, hit the revenue mine road. You get to and hitch so. some rides. with. It's like locked off oh, uh, really? during the winter season. Yeah, but cause there's avalanches. an active mine up there. Yep. So the uh, the gold miners, they have a key. So if, oh. you, can, if you can make friends with some gold miners, they'll they'll hit you up there. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> what's yeah. up. Yeah. So Which is what we did. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, eventually, like you, you, you get up to the gate and then you just, if you're up there before six, yeah, like you'll catch one of the miners and you'll just hitch a ride. And I'm saying like the craziest road. I mean, there's, it's like a drop off on one side. I mean, sheer vertical drop off. Uh, avalanches are constant. Uh, one time, the first time that I climbed uh, Sneffels was no avalanche. Okay, so yep. I made it. I made it. I hitched a ride. They take you a couple miles into it, and then you have to hike the rest of them the rest of the way. And you go up Yankee Boy Basin. And I'm just hiking, 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 get to the top, snowboard down. I'm like, this is so awesome. I got to do this again. So I did it like six more times. Right? Oh, wow. So, cause I was just jacked about it. Yeah. And we took it, we, the second time that I went up there, it had, there was a big avalanche okay. I mean, and it swiped up the whole road and I couldn't get through. Cause they're like, you could, you could go up and over the debris. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's up to you. Yeah. So seriously. I was like, okay, well, um, they had gotten some bodo, um, bulldozers in there and they bulldozed out a path so the miners could get up there and the walls of the cutout that they had of, out of the uh, avalanche were like 40 feet tall. <laughs> it was nuts. Holy I mean, like God. this little path that they cut, that they bulldozed out of there. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so we did it some more times and uh, every time, you know, six times, zero people up there. We went. I went up there with Travis and John Peel and same thing. Not a single person. It's crazy. You know, I love that. When 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 other people are like, it's too hard or too difficult. Yeah. I'm like, get me on that list. I'm going. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Man, because I, I, I those types of things like drive me. If people, if they're, I think that there's a total of I think eight snowboarders that have done all of the Colorado 14ers like snowboarding. Yeah. Album. And I think one of them, the guy that has a record is like 60 days or something like that, 60 or 70 days. And I, I told Travis one time, I was like, we could beat that. I know <laughs> we could beat that. There's a couple, there's a couple of you do like some of like the presidentials out by Aspen where you can hit five in a day. Easy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially like snowboarding down them. I mean, they're pretty quickly. You can hit five in a day. Okay. Uh, like you get up into some bigger ones, like the bells. Like yeah. that's where you get some sketchy stuff because it's, it's more, it's more, more, I would say more professional terrain where it's steep. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, if you did capital, it's steep. Uh, you I was pyramid, actually steep, shocked steep. that people, people rode capital like that. Really? I thought that was nuts. Yeah. Uh, cause it just have how sheer vertical yeah. all, all of the walls are. Um, I was climbing, I was climbing Mount Wilson and by myself right so yep. when i was saying like i was doing it by myself i mean literally by myself no <laughs> no avalanche you know beacon no beacon no shovel no probe. that sounds smart so, so no dumb. backpack <laughs> so yeah, dumb. dumb now you know but it wasn't really thinking about it i was just like yeah for so long living here in north dakota it's so flat my dream was always like big mountains yeah i want a snowboard and so I know that it sounds stupid, but you have to have friends that go out into it because you have to have backup, right? Yeah, for like, sure. I don't want I don't want this to be a restriction on me. You know what I mean? So I hate restrictions. Yeah. Uh, I was cooped up in a house. You know, after I had the brain injury, I was cooped up in a house for months where my mom wouldn't even let me walk around the block because she's like, "You're, you're too high risk." <laughs> oh my god! You know? So like to get out to get out into the back country was huge for me because i'm like i love the freedom i love the no people i love to just be me me and my mind yeah goal right you yep. throw on like a, a bethel podcast bethel sermon of the week podcast yeah you just listen to bill johnson and and you know just start hiking you know, i love that right especially where you it's just you and and trying to overcome well i was climbing mount wilson with nothing right uh, I came up to this one couloir towards the, was, I actually built, was building a small little ramp, like in, on top of this boulder. I was like, I'm going to hit this boulder. Yeah. Right. I'm just yeah. going to pop over this boulder. 
and I heard something in my head and was like, Jerry, you, you got to get going. So I threw my backpack on and I st- I took maybe a couple more steps and I heard this growl and this avalanche like poured into the cooler that I was standing in, right? Just immediately, like within seconds. I mean, it was like a second. Complete whiteout, snow just everywhere. I couldn't breathe, you know, it, oh. like just scary, right? Yeah. Don't know which way is up falling and i and i stop in between this rock and the snow and i get hit in the chest can't see anything and immediately i'm like i'm dead (laughs) i'm going to die and um you know things that run through your head you know within that moment is just like fear and panic yeah Uh, but the first thing that come out of my mouth was in the name of jesus you stop and i pointed to where i thought where the snow was coming down yeah and like within you know maybe two seconds just dead silent no way oh man and I sat there for about 20 minutes uh, maybe maybe even longer and was like am I alive just scared out of my you know it's, and I don't get scared you yeah know, like, like Travis will say the same thing dude's fearless right? <laughs> yeah uh, it, and it really I think stems off of like the uh, like the brain injury stuff but like I was just sitting there and I was just like in my life <laughs> you know kind of a thing every like drop of snow like I thought it was another avalanche like it was like a long, you know, like nine, 10 mile hike out Yeah, <laughs> where I was just oh. like the whole time I was like, I can't, I'm not doing this ever again. Want to know the best part? What's the best part? We went out the next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, Travis and John again. We, we There's the just something weekend. about that. I, I don't know. It's the, it's the need for, I, I don't know about you guys, but, but sometimes I, I almost have a fear of complacency and it makes you do things that. Mm-hmm. normal people might not do and mm-hmm. i don't know if maybe it's not a fear but it's just not wanting to live a normal life um i don't know i, I don't know if you guys get asked a lot but it's like it's like people people don't understand like why like my wife and i travel so much and they're they right. don't understand how we do it and, and why we do it but we we've tried to set up our life so we can do See, that kind of stuff on the opposite i don't understand why people question that like i don't know yeah. why people wouldn't want to do it that's it's like true hey we went out and did this crazy thing they're like why would you do that it's like, yeah <laughs> why why would you just sit on your couch and watch netflix every night and it's like that's the goal you're shooting for like that's right. boggles my mind right? yeah it's just it's, it's not a goal at all but it's it, it's just the the comfort that that jeremy's mentioned it's like people people want to be comfortable nowadays and and maybe life has become to the it's come to the point where everything is in search of comfort instead of the opposite which mm-hmm. us three are, are in search of the uncomfortable situations right because that's where you grow obviously oh yeah but maybe maybe it's that more people than ever before aren't aren't interested in growing and they're they're happy and i don't even know if it's happy it might just be it's it's complacent and in in my eyes i guess it's more complacency than anything but right yeah, I, I totally forgot the story that we were going to say. Were, yeah, you oh, were yeah. going to do Long's Peak, Long's and then we kind of went, went off on a tangent. We, we needed that, though. Another, another. <laughs> so that's another life off. So we got two lives yeah. off yeah, of yeah, him. That's, so that's two lives. We're working off our way down. <laughs> yeah, working our way down. So we we obviously want to do the same thing with Long's Peak. Right? Yeah, and we had seen some pictures of like ice. I, I think it's um, Long Long Long's Lake or something like that. Uh, Chasm, Chasm Lake. Chasm, Chasm Lake, Lake, right there, right? And it was just. It was one of those winters where it snowed a lot and then it was like three weeks span of no snow, right? Yep. And so the snow melted, but it was really cold. And uh, the, I, the the lake was just crystal clear and it looked like this cool picture. And so we're like, well, yeah. well let's go out there. Let's climb lungs. Let's get some photos and let's do this. Uh, we didn't check the snow report <laughs> and uh, it ended up <laughs> well no 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 wait we, we did check the snow report there was a storm system that was supposed to be moving in three days after we were going to be done so oh, yeah, it was yeah, the, three, the storm system three day cushion. Yeah, but we couldn't continually check it while we were going and it's like yeah. there's not a whole lot of uh, you, know, you can't watch the clouds come in when it's just gray overcast yeah know? that's like, true that's true yeah you just don't know right because right. it's just one of those things well we are we're climbing, we're doing our, we're doing our deal and it starts to just start socking in, 
where yeah. it's just snow deep, deeper and deeper and deeper and we're like this is the best you know like you, you dream about things like this <laughs> where you're alone in the mountains you know and and the snow is you know like you know tits deep you know what I mean like hey, this is cool and then the Chinook winds happen yeah oh, no. <laughs> and it starts blowing and it starts blowing and 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 really like when it comes to like like avalanches right like wi- like winds like that like it starts to overload on certain aspects of the mountain okay and uh we're 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 walking travis and i are walking past like on this goat trail like that's stamped in the snow like yep. we're like we're following this goat this goat trail and we get across the goat trail for maybe about 50 yards and it immediately covers in with snow and we're like dude i don't know if we should keep going we we need to turn back yeah and 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 so we both make that decision like we're like we're keeping each other honest we obviously mm-hmm. have summit fever you know, we want to, we want to rip this thing, but yeah. at the same time, we got to go back. And so we make it back, we make it back across this flipping tiny goat path where there's like this cliff on one side <laughs> and the other side is just another cliff. And we make it back across and we're like, I, I don't think we can make it back. It was bad. It was, it was that bad. White out. And then like Chinook winds are insane. It's actually like a category one hurricane wind speed. Oh, wow. It's like 60 mile an hour gusts. It's insane. Yeah. And up high. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a tough and we're, situation. We're on a ridge line too. And it took us like maybe an hour and a half to get from this, this valley part about 500 feet up onto this ridge line at 1200 feet. Cause it's just, it was technical, rocky. You're carrying your gear. You're in winter. You have snowshoes on. It's just everything combined. Yeah. And, so it's, it, it's this tiny little peak and there's this like i would say these tiny little shrubs that are barely sticking out of the snow yep and uh we're like let's dig it in let's dig yeah. in as a as a disclaimer um camping on a ridge line in the winter is not what you want to do not it's ideal like, it's right not <laughs> ideal. it's not ideal but that being our best option there's just an indicator of how how bad it was the scenario was right it's like that yeah. was our best option yeah and how far away <laughs> we were you know what i mean because we're, we're kind of famous for not taking standard routes. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, there were times like where we've climbed in other, like we did, we did, um, we did Island Lake. Okay. And we literally just like <laughs> we hiked up and over mountains to get to, to, <laughs> to where get we there. thought where it was right. at. And we found it obviously, but yeah. So we didn't take the standard route. Uh, and we were on this, on this ridge line. I mean, it's tiny and we, we build this tent and we spend the night in this tent in the middle of nowhere, you know? With, you know, limited gear. In a blizzard. In a blizzard. Yeah. And, you know. Shout out to North Face for making excellent gear. <laughs> yeah, give him a little shout out. Yeah. It kept you, kept you alive. Yeah, it kept us alive. You know, like it ice up. It, it like if, I don't know if you've ever done any winter camping, but it ices up inside the tent. Like it condensates and then it ices up the whole inside. So you, uh, if you're smart about it, you can run your, you know, like your burner just for a couple of seconds. Cause obviously you don't want to have carbon monoxide. Yeah, for sure. You open it up a little bit, you heat it up the tent and it heats up pretty yeah. quickly. And then you wipe it down with a towel so yeah. it doesn't form a layer. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, you know, we're melting snow to drink and, and cook and, and, and it was just a crazy, you know, another weekend or whatever, but like the next, like that, that night it snowed like an extra two and a half feet or something like oh, that. <laughs> and the, the wind was just nuts. And what was cool about it though, is, uh, as the snow and wind packs over your tent, like the wind got less and less annoying as the oh, I bet. barrier of snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we've got a picture of the tent and yeah. like literally oh, man. after we dug it out, like it, before we dug it out, it was probably just, you know, like a couple of I think it was like from dug. my feet to my knee. Yeah. Like you can oh, see wow. the yellow on the top. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. crazy. It was nuts. Here's yeah. a real question. Did you guys get any sleep that night? So Jeremy can sleep through anything. I have, <laughs> I have insomnia the way it is, so I probably slept like 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Minutes. Yeah. I just couldn't fall asleep. I don't asleep. think I'd be able to sleep in that. Which is, it sucks. Like being cold and not being able to fall asleep is the worst. Like if you're sleeping, you don't care if you're cold. Yeah. You know? like, yeah, you're sleeping. You might for... die, but you know, I had sleeping. Like, <laughs> you're peaceful. You know, it was the same night where we almost burned the tent down because uh oh your little I hand had, warmer thing yeah i have like these little these metal so dumb. hand warmers first time we ever zippo. used it <laughs> zippo so you fill good time it up to do with it. lighter fluid shout out against and zippo you, yeah. <laughs> there's some safety things that you guys need to consider <laughs> well anyways uh there's a cap over the top so you light it on fire and then you put a cap on it and so yep. the metal is supposed to keep you warm and so what i did was i threw it underneath my armpits yep right and while in the middle of the night, the cap came off. Oh, no. It was burning me. <laughs> and so I like that was like probably the one time that I woke up the whole night and I like whipped him out of my sleeping bag. And I was just like, Travis, 
I was like, you know, don't put the Zippo in your seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the greatest thing about it is um, a testament to how your mentality affects the reality of a situation that you're in. Because what's funny is uh, throughout, when, when you're in a situation, you're in a situation, and there's things that are in your control and out of your control. So you cover your baseline with all of the things that are in your control, and everything else you just have to, you know, accept it and let it happen. So Jeremy and I are sitting in the tent, and the only thing, there was only one thing that we were worried about that we actually had concern about. All right, everybody, we are going to wrap things up for today. But tune in next time to hear Travis and Jeremy finish their story about how they were stuck on a mountain in a blizzard. We have a lot more great content coming your way, but we'd love to hear your feedback on our first episode. Until next time, we are signing off. <laughs>